0: Hello and welcome to the Gooner Tour back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Raw Reaction Show. A pre-recorded episode today because, uh, as you can tell, I'm not in the usual surroundings this morning. Um, I'm going to be travelling back home to London, hopefully. It's Christmas Eve, so we're hoping, fingers crossed, that there's not going to be any Well, travel issues, I'm saying that now, I need to touch wood because based upon what happened yesterday for a lot of Arsenal fans after the game against Liverpool, they struggled uh, to get home um, because all the trains have been cancelled back to London. Um, So I'm hoping that if you were one of those fans that you did end up getting home okay um, because it was yeah a a terrible situation travel-wise. But what wasn't a terrible situation was Arsenal of course sitting top of the Premier League table come the end of yesterday's games. Um, So please do drop a like on the video, please do subscribe to the channel if you're new, and please do forgive me that it isn't a, a usual live recording because uh, the you know the timings of trains and stuff like that I need to get back, but uh, also because you know I'm, I'm hoping the audio is fine. I'm trying to use a microphone as well, and I didn't bring any of my recording stuff with me because I'm an idiot. So apologies for that as well. But getting on to yesterday's game, it was I think exactly the way that I thought it was gonna go. It was a game in which both teams could have won quite comfortably, it was a game in which it created so many chances for both teams of either side though, I think we probably have to agree that Arsenal will be the happier of the two when it comes to taking away you know, the point which sees them Again, unbeaten against all the other big six teams in the league. The draw at Chelsea, beating Manchester City, beating Manchester United, drawing against Spurs. Uh, Now, of course, drawing at Anfield as well. It is the easier half of the season for those big six games. We've still got to go to the Etihad, go to Old Trafford, go to Spurs as well. But I think Mikel Arteta... Considering we are top of the table, we'll be incredibly happy with the fact of how the first half of this season, besides that last game of the first half against West Ham uh, next week, will of course be in his mind as a, as a positive. Uh, Arsenal took the lead, of course. Gabriel with a very tight VAR call, thankfully. I think it was Gakpo's knee keeping the Brazilian onside. Fantastic delivery from Martin Odegaard in that moment to find the right level of pass. The the flight was, was spot on and it seemed like this was something of a tactic from Arsenal for most of the game was trying to get that ball into the box, play a little bit longer. Whenever we got a free kick in and around the area, not even in and around the area, like... 20 yards back from the penalty area, the decision was made that we were going to try and find that cross into the box, and we did that on numerous occasions. And on this one, it worked, and and Gabriel was there to to find the back of the net. And I thought it was kind of, I know it's a cliche, but it was a game of, of two halves. I thought that Arsenal probably had the better first half Liverpool probably had the best, or I mean certainly had the better second half, and Arsenal then came to life in the last kind of ten to fifteen minutes of that half. If the expectation from your listeners is that we 're going to dominate at Anfield that we 're going to be able to just turn over this liverpool side i 'm afraid those expectations are probably a little bit unfounded because Arsenal will no any team knows when they come to anfield you 're going to face a challenge, and it 's about how you deal with that challenge now. The biggest question mark, I think, for Arsenal fans will be surrounding Alexander Zinchenko and his role in this game. He started as the, well, on paper left-back. And I've been talking all week about how, for me, Arsenal play with a back three and Gabriel, Wyatt and Saliba certainly are that back three and that Zinchenko's role is as an auxiliary midfielder. However, because of the way that Liverpool played, and maybe naively, I thought that, you know, we'd still see Zinchenko playing more into midfield, but he kept on getting pinned back into that left-back position. And it was, of course, him being beaten by uh, Mohamed Salah that led to Liverpool's equaliser. It was a unbelievable finish. I must say, a first of an unbelievable pass from Trent Alexander-Arnold that we have just come to expect on a daily basis from him on a weekly basis in those games. But he beats Zinchenko pretty comfortably if he doesn't beat him it's going to be a penalty because Zinchenko sticks his leg out but the finish is is of the highest caliber and David Rea had absolutely I think actually David Rea had a pretty decent game you know he collected crosses he made saves he was good at distributing the ball so overall I think you can say that David Rea had a good and field performance but Zinchenko when he wasn't on the ball in terms of moving it into midfield there were some question marks defensively as we all thought there would be Um, and I think certainly when it comes to the the mistakes on the ball that opened up the opportunity for Liverpool to hit on the counter and in the end I think will be very frustrated themselves that they didn't take advantage of those opportunities had Takahiro Tomiyasu been fit I think he probably would have started this game because we think about the game we had against Liverpool the Emirates last season Tomiyasu was excellent in that game and for that reason I think that Zinchenko's inclusion here was more out of necessity than it was by design and Arteta felt that Jakub Kivior not yet ready to, to kind of go to Anfield would be the starting left back in the game and we need a little bit more defensive rigidity and we did I think miss Tommy Asu yesterday, and maybe miss of course Urien Timber, who continues to be out, but we hope for a swift return. In terms of how the game played out of chances and the performances of other players on the field, I think the other player that is probably worthy of scrutiny is Gabriel Martinelli, the Brazilian on the left hand side, continued to struggle against both of Trent and in particular Kanate. I thought Canate was fantastic on the day, uh, physically so present and just bodying Martinelli off the ball every single time he seemed to get there. But there was a number of chances for Martinelli which I feel he had to have done better with In the first half, of course, there was that chance where Saka, in the moment, looked to be offside. I wasn't privy to a replay to know whether or not he was, but the game played on, and there was certainly no flag when the game state played out. But Martinelli, on that left-hand side, dragging that shot left of the post, you have to hit the target in that moment. And it was a game in which I felt, similar to the Aston Villa game, where there was real chances in behind on the break if we'd have had the speed to deal with that. And I look at Martinelli as one of our fastest players, and yet I never felt as though that Martinelli was using that to the best of his ability. And it seemed like at times we were a little bit slow on the transition to get the ball upfield. There were times where we would break, find space, and and not get the ball into those crucial areas quick enough. Um, but overall I think that the decision to to sub him as pretty early in the second half was the right one, but then Leandro Trossard didn't necessarily offer what we needed anyway. And I think that this is why I've got such kind of thing about in January needing to go out into the market and bring in a really fast, really rapid and also quite a clinical goal-scoring wide player um, in addition to the midfielder that we need and the defender that we need and a centre-forward that many people think we need as well. But I really do think that a rapid attacking wide player that offers us something across the front three is something that I think that Arsenal really do need. That's why I like Pedro Neto as a potential example. Somebody that's going to offer us plenty going forwards and the real speed on the counter and on the break to hurt opposition teams and maybe that is something that January could provide but I still think the midfield is something that we will target. Speaking of the midfield... Declan Rice was and has produced one of the best Anfield performances I think I have ever seen of a player on an away day on Merseyside. The strength, the composure, you run out of superlatives to talk about Declan Rice. I've mentioned it a number of times about how bored I am of just continuously saying the same thing about Declan Rice. But he was probably, alongside two other players I'll come on to shortly our best player on the day. And I spoke before the match about how if we were going to win at Anfield, Declan Rice is one of the biggest reasons as to why that would potentially happen. He, alongside Endo, who I also thought had a really, really good game, um, and surprised me actually with how competent and how composed and tenacious he actually was, also. And there was a lot of comparisons before the game Havertz and Rice against Endo and Jones, and how the Liverpool Arsenal midfield dynamics have changed from the days of Xhaka and uh, the like against Thiago Alcantara and Fabinho, and you know, these differences between players. Now Arsenal seem to have the edge when it comes to the starting midfield trio, but Declan Rice just focusing in on him, I thought was unbelievably good Um, and there was a situation of course where we were hit on the break where Odegaard and Zinchenko kick through one another and they go down and Declan Rice is having to cope with five Liverpool players running straight back at him he doesn't dive in he doesn't rush he jockeys he he remains composed and eventually of course it falls to Trent Alexander-Arnold and Arsenal get lucky. And he hits the bar. And we probably should have conceded. I mean, we almost definitely should have conceded. But I think one of the biggest reasons, one of, well, the only reason, other than the fact it was a poor finish by Trent, is that Declan Rice's presence, the way in which he managed that situation, which looked like a certain goal, was just so good. Um, and thoughtful and intelligent, the way in which he did it. And Kai Havertz, I thought, had a decent game uh, in that left eight role. I thought he progressed the ball well. I thought he took... The Liverpool players on. You can see that he is growing in confidence as a player. Yes, I want to see more. Yes, I want to see him a little bit more risky at times. But sometimes at Anfield, you just need a calmer head. And he managed to take those players on. on numerous occasions, progressed the ball forwards, play it into Odegaard, play it into Martinelli, and sadly, it was Martinelli that couldn't do the business on the day for us on that left-hand side. On the other side, you had Bakaya Saka, who had a frustrating day at Anfield, I think. You know, the the crowd were on him for the first
1: minute. Was he lucky not to be sent off? I think he slipped. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite
0: like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think he's really unlucky in that moment. I think he also slips in the situation with Simakas as well that led to him sadly breaking his, his collarbone and we wish... Kosta Simakas a a swift recovery. I know he's an opposition player, but you never want to see people get hurt, and hopefully he does recover swiftly from what was a a really unfortunate incident. But again, I think that Saka was relatively innocent in this situation. If you watch the replay back, he slips into Simakas in the first instance, and I think that generates the momentum that sees Simakas sadly injure himself so uh, savagely, really. Um, But Saka, again, creating chances, cutting inside, beating his man on numerous occasions, but when Joe Gomez comes on and plays out of position, I kind of want to see more. You know, when he's playing out of position, you're going up against the who's on his weaker side. I do want to see a little bit more from Saka sometimes in those moments. But deliveries were decent, passing was decent, chance-wise, didn't necessarily get the opportunity to try and take a shot or goal, and he was being more of a creator than a danger on the day. But again, I think when it comes to Saka, when you look at his goal contributions this season, it's you're really picking at straws to to try and find too much of a criticism to say about him. Going into the defence, and obviously we've already talked about Zinchenko, but particularly Gabriel and Saliba. Now Saliba was of course not available for Arsenal last season at Anfield. This time around he was, and I think even though the score, the result of the game was the same in terms of a draw, it remained that way because of the presence of Saliba, because of the composure of Gabriel. Both of them had excellent performances defensively. And for me, I think they have to go down as the best centre-back partnership now in the league. What they have produced for this team on such a consistent basis ultimately sees them have risen above, uh, I think, the critics of Gabriel in particular. He was really becoming such a scapegoat. At a certain point I think of October of 2022 going back to that point at the start of last season he was starting to get a few comments being made about him for his mistakes that he'd made in certain games the Manchester City game of course at home as well uh, I think there was another mistake in one of the early games in the season uh, the Fulham game I think it was where Mitrovic was given the ball into score he of course equalized in that he uh, saw the winning goal didn't he in that game at home against Fulham so I think that What we've seen is a a complete evolution of Arsenal's backline, their defence, and Saliba, he's just so calm. It's so strange seeing such a young centre-half take on the world, almost, with the movement, with the composure, the dribbling. He stepped into midfield on numerous occasions. To see a centre-half do that at Anfield? I'm going to get into a number of debates with Liverpool fans about who the best young defender in the world is and Liverpool fans telling me uh, vehemently that uh, Canate is that guy and I thought Canate was excellent on the day and certainly showcased the reasons why he's in that argument but I just thought that Saliba was a level above every other defender on the field yesterday. Uh, his composure, his passing, his defending, how he, the tackling he made as well was was simply gorgeous at times. And I want to also give out, in terms of tackling, Eddie Nketiah came off the bench yesterday and made two absolutely top-class tackles in the game that I hope that people remember. I hope that people really latch on that because I know it's really easy sometimes to think, oh, we need a new striker, we need more goals, and is this, and is that. But he is here at the moment, and he is the guy that we have coming off the bench. And I thought that Nketiah had a, a pretty decent forwards display out of possession for a lot of it and not really getting the opportunity to to score. But off the ball, you have to do a lot of work as a centre-forward, especially at Anfield, and I thought Nketi came on and and tackled. So speaking of Saliba and Gabriel and their tackling, I thought that then led me into the pathway down to Nketi because he made two excellent tackles in the game that set up opportunities for Arsenal on the counter that they sadly couldn't take advantage of. Now, I've seen some criticisms of Mikel Arteta after this game in terms of his selections, in terms of his decision-making... And I'm a little bit confused as to why. Uh, That might not come as a surprise to many of you, of course. I thought Mikel Arteta's selection was, was spot on. I think that some people wanted to see maybe Kivior start at left back but I just not th- I just don't think that was the right choice. I think that maybe there is a lot to be said about how Liverpool approached this game, about the difference between their performance here and the performance against Manchester United a week before. And actually I thought that Arsenal created plenty of opportunities in the end that could have seen them won the game. Gabriel Jesus had that chance on the right-hand side, you might remember. Kai Havertz had a chance that I think few people are actually talking about, the one he hits with his outside of his foot when he's kind of waiting for the VAR check. On the penalty call I think he wastes that actually and there was a better opportunity to be had in that moment Saka on the right hand side of the second half created a number of crossing opportunities that no one was really able to get on uh, on the back of and of course Gabriel Martinelli had that massive opportunity as well that just went left of the post and could have been very very different indeed I think it was a game that ultimately slightly favoured Liverpool in terms of the performance so if you were going to say what team was more worthy of the win maybe Liverpool slightly edged it but overall, I think that a draw is probably a fair result on the day. And Arsenal, I think, will certainly be the happier of the two teams coming away from that. And that, of course, means that Arsenal, as I mentioned before, do sit top of the Premier League table going into Christmas. We've now got a very interesting game on the 28th of December against West Ham United because they've just come off the back of a really good win against Manchester United um, at the London Stadium. Goals from Mohamed Kudus, of course, and Jared Bowen. They are going to be... Very difficult to cope with. And we won't have Kai Havertz because Kai Havertz received his fifth yellow card of the season. So he will be suspended. It'll be interesting to see if he wants to go with Jorginho, Rice, and Odegaard. Maybe he wants to go with Rice, Smith Rowe, and Odegaard. It will be intriguing to see what midfield trio Mikel Arteta decides is the right one for the game. I suppose the thing that I haven't touched upon is the Martin Odegaard handball call. Now, this has split a lot of people. Some people feel that it was indeed a penalty. Some are saying that it's it's unfortunately slips. I found the reaction to this in particular from some of the biggest officiating commentators to be a little frustrating, if I'm being very honest. I feel that when it's Arsenal, there just seems to be this extra guise to analysis on certain calls that go against us and there's not the same level of, I think, accuracy or consideration or context given to other teams because... There were so many that felt immediately that it was handball. When we all know that the rules around this are that if the you know the hand's in a position where he's moving to, to kind of balance himself, I know sometimes the hand has to go to the ground and the ball can hit your hand in the ground, but I thought it would have been really harsh to give handball in that moment because Odegaard's right foot slips and then his left, his left his right or left arm, whatever it was, comes out to touch the ball. It would have been really harsh, completely accidental. And I think in those moments that unless it's a really deliberate situation that's given the player an advantage or even an accidental situation in some situations where it's denied a clear goal-scoring opportunity, maybe you can be a little bit stricter. But I just didn't think that it was handball um, in that moment at all. And the Kai havertz penalty call as well, I didn't think that was a penalty either for the record. I think Havertz went down, probably similar to the Manchester United game, a little bit too easily. Uh, and because of that, sadly, um, probably cost himself uh, the, the argument of a penalty. So, yeah, in the end, a 1-1 draw means that Arsenal are unbeaten against all big six teams in the first half of the season, at their top of the table at Christmas. And that Mikel Arteta has once again guided a side that had lost huge amounts of key players in Timber, in Partey, in Vieira, in Tomiasu. Um Losing those players has been... I mean, the, the three, Vieira lesser, of course, but those three of Tomiyasu Timber and Partey have been such big losses for us this season, for huge portions of it, um, and certainly would have come at a fantastic time to see Partey and Rice play together at Anfield. Hopefully we can see that next year. Um, Maybe we'll see it in the game against Liverpool in the FA Cup. There are suggestions that Thomas Partey could indeed have recovered by the FA Cup game, and that game in particular, I'm really intrigued to see how it plays out, because seeing you know seeing uh, Liverpool come to the Emirates so soon after that game there's there's a lot of energy and emotion around that I think now and Arsenal will hope to knock them out and progress through in the FA Cup and I think there's also something about the mentality the the context and perhaps you know what that could do to the other side if you lose that game Liverpool look like alongside City of course our tightest closest title challengers I think that if you win that FA Cup game and knock out the opponent yes you're committing to more fixtures throughout the season of course but Liverpool of course do have those League Cup games and those League Cup semi-final legs to think about too but by knocking Liverpool out of the FA Cup I think could give Arsenal a little bit of a, a mentality boost a little bit of an edge in terms of that side of the game when it comes into that title race so I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in that game. Thank you so much for listening to this uh, pre-recorded uh, reaction. I'm still recording, as I said, at the start of the show in the morning after. Talking for 19 minutes to camera without you guys in the chat chatbots to kind of lift me up is a challenge. Um, so I hope that this has been a relatively decent breakdown. One take, one cut, all the way through. If you have appreciated it, please do drop a like. I'll be back, of course, tomorrow morning, which is Christmas Day. Yes, I will indeed be doing a show on Christmas Day. Don't you worry. Um, But please do drop a like on the video. Subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. Have a fantastic Christmas Eve if indeed you are celebrating. And if not, have a fantastic day anyway and enjoy the rest of your weekend. See you soon. And as always, up the Arsenal